What's going on, everybody? This is Ezra McNeil once again with another episode of Real Talk with Ezra, the fourth episode of the Mommy Knows Best Summer Series. Hey, Mom. Hey, Ezra. How are you? Phenomenal, sir. How are you? I'm well. I can't complain. Mm -hmm. All right. Party animal. Uh, All right. So uh, this, (laughs) this, this episode is for myself. Um. For those who just graduated, for those who graduated, you know, a few years ago, post-grad depression. Now, one thing that we all know, um, well, what I've been hearing lately, that it's definitely a real thing. Now, although it it can't be diagnosed, you know, it's still a topic that, you know, is very important to explore. So um, what's your little take on it real quick, Mo? Well, I mean, it's just now that has been labeled and categorized right. something, um, but it's been going on for years. I mean, we can look back for a couple of generations where we have found people that did not meet their success goal as they thought they would. Right. Um, and I know that we've been doing the series on forgiveness and unforgiveness, and some of that relates to your life as well. Why do I say that? Because most of the times... You know, um, every parent has a goal and a wish for their child. Mm -hmm. Um, Some go to one of two extremes. You know, either you are trying to make your child this perfect child. You know, both parents are college graduates, they're professionals, etc. And what happens if one of your child children or one child doesn't meet that success goal? Right. You know, um, or you have it where... Neither one of the parents went to college. They're not really educated people. And then they're pushing the child or the children to go to school, go to college. So they are sacrificing everything they have to make it happen for them so that they can, you know, equate that to success. And, you know, the child decides, okay, well, I don't want to do this or I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes a failure. Right. So you now that you've invested all this time, you've invested all this money, you've gone to college and you come out and you find out you can't even get a job in your field. Mm-hmm. You know, so it really, really, really um, is crucial for parents to be able to understand and to, first of all, develop our children to be human. You know, mistakes happen. Um, I, and I'm all for, you know, I'm all for the discipline. But there's a difference between dif- discipline, encouraging your child, mm-hmm. and then you actually... Um, trying to portray this false imagery or because you them. or yeah or live your life through them yeah. or portray this false imagery because you have others to impress that really don't even care about you in the first place. Right. And so when you start dealing with that you must dissect um all the things that you do and why are you doing it? Is it does it matter if your child goes to Morehouse or Spelman? Um what if they decide to go to your local community college? Right. You know what if they decide, you know, college really isn't for me? Yeah. Does that make them any less successful? So if we stop taking and equating, you know, a lot of things um, to be, because most people, most of it is, you know, image driven. You feel you got your degrees. Now you're at a certain status. Now you're able to gain access to certain things. You want more and more and more. And we're living in a society where more means you are wealthy or more means that you are, you know, a rich person. No, 
when you are a good human, when you are selfless, when you are giving, when we are loving, when we are peaceable, when we have joy in our lives, those are the things that make your our children and ourselves more than what we are. Those are successes. Right. Everything else is just a life benefit. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what I've always told you. Listen, when we had it rough, if you will, you knew about it. I'm like, listen, well, you can't get those sneakers today. Right. You know, I went over with you every month budgets and things on what we could do, what we couldn't do. Um, because I owed it to you because eventually you were going to turn into an adult as you are now and being physically responsible. You, I'm not going to always be there for you for that. Yeah. So when we're talking about education and being depressed after college, yeah, because now that you've gotten this degree, you know, you've been, you know, summa cum laude, all of these great accolades and things that you've done, and then you come to find out that you don't even have an interest of a job. Right. So now what are you doing? You're working at McDonald's, you're working at Burger King, or you're working at another place where you just don't like your job. So right. now you're beginning to begin the cycle of what am I supposed to do? I've got tuition debt up the yin yang. You know, I've got my MBA now. What am I supposed to do if I if it doesn't happen for me? Right. Does that make these people or you or anyone else less than a person if your first goal does not work out? Right. So, well, that's that's true. All of it is true. Actually, um, I was on Twitter one day, um, like June. It was it was June twelfth, and I saw I saw a post. Somebody was just talking about post grad depression. I've heard of it, but I really didn't didn't go like in depth to look at it. So I posted, like I said, so dot 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 post grad depression. Let's talk about it. I had gotten like over one hundred twenty retweets, and a lot of like over twenty three comments, um, just talking about people's you know, how they're living, I guess, going through it because it was what I found through the comments is like three types of, of comments. It was one, those who are saying that yes is real. They've been through it. Mm-hmm. Those who are saying that it, yes is real, but calling using the word depression, mm-hmm. it, it is really sort of dramatic. And then those who have not gone through it, but they know for those who are going through it, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. Most people say depression because of the fact that there is no other life goal for them. It's like, I'm going to be this lawyer. I'm going to be this doctor. I'm going to be this super accountant. I'm going to be this whatever. And you don't have a B plan in case it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So now you put all of your eggs in this one basket of success. And when it doesn't happen, people do not mentally equate to what, else they could do to make their dream happen right so if you don't work at a fortune 500 company law firm okay if you don't get that internship if you don't make partnership what else in your life can you give Mm -hmm. to still end up with the same road right what if that really wasn't for you in the first place that's true what if it, it was meant for you to be a chef like the best darn cook you could ever be. Because why? There are so many people that are homeless right now. They're in opportunities where you can, you know what? I'm going to open up a soup kitchen. I'm going mm-hmm. to, even if I open up my own restaurant, how am I going to give back? What am I going to do right. to still be able to peaceably lay your head down at night and rest? Right. But when you're chasing after things, things don't necessarily chase after you. Yeah. 
That's and true. we are in a community where we are chasing after the things more so than making ourselves peaceable within ourselves. It's, they, it's just like they worry about expectations. And exactly. Like because those are false so, images. So one one person um, says something. She said her name is Larissa. Um, low 2417. Shout out to you. Uh, she said it's real for real. Often due to expectations, those that are unmet or unrealistic molds we can't fit. Exactly. Or feeling constantly unsatisfied, failing to embrace the present because we've been trained to always look towards the future. Mm -hmm. A future that now seems uncertain. Exactly. So, again, you are, um, you know, you, for example, you were dead, hard, straight, Harvard bound. You were like, had no other options in your life that you were going to go to Harvard. Right. <laughs> so now you get introduced to the college tour. Yeah. Now, first of all, I said, well, Ezra, but if you, isn't there another option? How many times did I say that to you? Mm-hmm. What if you don't get into Harvard? Not that I did not believe that you could not. Right. But I was not willing to set yourself up for failure. Uh-huh. So basically, you're saying that you knew I wasn't going to get it. I'm not going to say that. It's real. It's real talk. No, 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 no. Seriously. I'm not not (laughs) going to. Seriously. I'm not going to say that. I was really hoping that you would. That would have been, you know, like great. Uh Because then I'm like, hmm. But. Real. Hmm, But. but Yeah. Realistically. That would have surprised you. No, no. It was surprising because I'm like, now I got to really come up with some coins. Uh Yeah, that was that was now I'm I got to change my life around again (laughs) to make sure that your tuition is paid. So now the burden would be on me because I'm like, this dude really did it. Like, okay, Uh, where am I getting the money from? So then it would have been a heartbreak to say, well, you can't go. Yeah, that's true. Now, how many parents we have that situation where the kid does get in and then you you can't even get financial aid to do that. Mm, Right. So now, what do you do? Do I not go? Do I trust God? Do I go and figure it out? You know, so again, then, okay, well, you know what? My dream is crushed now. So now the child is left with this less than mentality or the open door to feel like less than because I couldn't get on my my first go round. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, oh, but again, I had, I remember when you started saying at the age of five that you wanted to go to college. And I'm like, okay, that's great. Yeah, we, we all want you to go to college. Yeah, that, absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. no problem. Um, and and I was like, Lord, I don't even know what this this kid's going to do. But okay, whatever you got planned for him, you will have to work it out on my favor. <laughs> right. You know, and I'm like, and he's going to go to school on somebody else's dime because we don't know how this situation is going to work. So I, as a mom and as a born again believer, had to trust God in a different kind of way. Mm-hmm. So now here we go. You get to go to your first college tour and you come back home to, well, I'm going to a historical black college. I'm Absolutely. like, you're not even that black. As you're like, what's the, pro- what, 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 are you, what are you talking about? I'm black. Yeah. Okay. I'm black. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really black. Yeah. So long story short, um, that's just a personal thing. <laughs> um, but it was good for me because you had an experience because that gave you the other options that I was trying to get you to see because right. you were just so you know, your heels dug in with this whole Harvard thing. And I definitely was celebrating you. I mean, you know, I was going out buying burgundy and gold. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, he's going, he's going, he's going. Um, when the opportunity afforded itself for you to go to, um, what's the other school? Um, no, not Morehouse. No, it was before then. St. John's? No, upstate in Boston. 
Um, Andover? Yes. When you, you oh, the yeah, opportunity yeah. to go to Andover. Yeah. You're like, well, I don't want to go there. And I'm saying, this right here is just prime for you to go. Yeah. So we were having constant conversations and dialogue on what your career path is going to be. And financially, what are we going to do? So I said to you, Ezra, if you do not get into any of these schools, does that make you less than a person for what I've trained you and developed you and birthed you to be? And you said no. I said, so then take that off of you, that air of perfection that your dream is always going to come true and figure out life-wise, we're going to have to try to do this differently. Because that doesn't make you less than, it doesn't, you, but you've, though you've had successes at Virginia State, which I'm completely, you know, I applaud you all day long. Thanks. But at the same token, had it not been for that opportunity of you to go see something different, yeah. you were dead set on this happening. So now when it didn't happen, you'd be probably sitting here in your in your house in the living room scratching and digging and I'm I would be yelling at you, Ezra, you gotta go to get a job. Right. You have to do something with your life. Yeah. So you know people, I know people that have had those same types of situations where now, you know, my 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 husband's nephew great basketball player you know i was trying to tell him what to do he was listening to whoever he wanted to listen to mm-hmm. now he's working at starbucks wow not to say again i'm not saying anything is wrong to with that. downgrade right yeah. nothing is wrong with that right. but for him to have had the goal set that he did and then also living in the hood yeah. you know there was no one else there from his parents on down to help cultivate him to another option right that, you could have gone to Fordham. You could have gone to Bronx Community. You, there was other colleges around that you could have gone to to still fulfill the same thing and have a backup plan. It for Especially for those that are going on athletic scholarships, it takes one injury that could possibly happen and your whole life will be shattered. So now you don't get to be that basketball player. You don't get to be the football star anymore. So yeah. what is your backup plan? Right. What else in your life could you do? Could you be a good accountant? Mm-hmm. You know, what's your secondary option that you can just pull together all of it and make it work for you? Because now, okay, you got hurt. Still go. But now you can coach. Right. You know, you have look at all the other variable options and streams and lines that come together when you're talking about fulfilling your purpose and your destiny. See, talk, that story kind of reminds me of a story that was sent to me um, as well through a message. Um, not gonna say her name, but she's she's she knows who's she knows who she is. I call her my cousin from from school and all that. So she said, "I want to respond to your post grad um, depression post because everyone is different. Although I am going to grad school, literally two days after graduation and being home, I was sad because I moved back and I didn't have a job like I had in Petersburg. And you'd think with that having a degree, mm-hmm. you'd get a job, but I've applied to 57 jobs in my mm. field and being denied. I actually thought for a minute that school was a waste of time and money, and honestly, I still think that. <laughs> I figure the only way I can get a decent job is if I get my master's, but post-grad depression is real. On top mm-hmm. of that, I've been on my own and homeless since I was 16. Wow. So when I got to VSU, it was little, literally my home, in parentheses, mm-hmm. which is why I live in Ettrick, so I'd have somewhere to be on breaks and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but imagine using school for a crutch to come back home mm. to being homeless mm. with nothing again. Exactly. That just added to my depression. Hell, I'm still going through it, but I know that God gives his hardest battles to his toughest soldiers. Although I'm not where I want to be, I'm going to be patient. Exactly. 
That's a big word. That's a big word. Um, a big word. For now, I'm living with my boyfriend and working at Buffalo Wild Wings so I can hear... So, excuse me, so I can have some type of income. Exactly. It's better than nothing, and I know good things exactly. will come. I just got to be patient and pray. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you don't want to get into a point where, when we talked about before, you know, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Forgiving yourself, you know, for whatever reason why she became homeless at 16. Um, first of all, her option was to have something, some solid foundation was to go to college. Right. So that was her home for four years. Right. So now it's like, okay, this is my home for four years. At least I can rest with that for a while. Yeah. But I know this season and this time is about to end soon. Mm-hmm. What are my other options? And those four years go by so fast Absolutely. that you don't believe how quick it is. And by the time you wake up, you're like, what's going on yeah. and where am I going now? Yeah, it's kind of scary. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so I completely, first of all, I applaud her for her push to continue on. Mm-hmm. You know, she's in a relationship. Okay, fine. Her and her boyfriend living together. But at least she did not stop. Yeah. And that's, She didn't settle. She, she didn't stop. She didn't settle. But, I'm, but that, that comes because not everybody has that resilience. There's some that once they get a roadblock, it's like, I give up. I'm throwing in a towel. I'm done. I'm right. over. Right. And then you begin to get into this funk. Your mind begins to talk to you about things, the woulda, coulda, shouldas, what you did do, what you didn't do, all the things that people have said about you, all the things that people have done to you. Those are the things that become part of your, your mental state and and how you're either going to be depressed or you're going to use it as a positive so you can move forward and know that mm-hmm. my goal never changed. Yeah. But I just may have to take a different way to get there. Now, here's here's another post that somebody said that kind of was just like it wasn't sort of um, sympathetic. Okay. So they were saying, now, why is post-grad depression a thing? Because during undergrad, you wasn't getting in the bag with other hustles. Now you out with a degree and no game plan besides grad school. They hate to hear it. Now that's sort of a like, eh. It is. Yeah. yeah yes, it is. Um, because maybe that person had never established that type of struggle. struggle. Right. Um, and you could have been that kid. You had, if I had given you everything, you know, on the platter, you would never be able to appreciate not having Mm-hmm. And you have those that have been able to the luxury of the two parent household, the two parent degrees. It just take the Huxtables. You know, we watch. You know, we watch that all the time. The Cosby Show. So at that time, I, I don't know about anymore. No, but, but at that time, <laughs> right, right. You know, it was the portrayal of up and coming black. Yeah, having two educated parents, two high high end professionals, raising a family. And you're, all your kids are going to college. Mm-hmm. Well, look at the scenarios of what happened. Denise dropped out. Right. You know, then when Sandra, Sandra and her husband, they got married in the midst of it, couldn't find a job. They was living in this broke down apartment. Right. You know, they all wound up having uh, with dyslexia, yeah. you know. So th- th- there was a lot of other problems and dynamics that happened um, that we, it was real life. Even yeah. then in the 80s, right. it was real life already. I hadn't even gotten in, got, hadn't, hadn't even graduated out of high school when the Cosby was on. Mm. So I'm sitting here looking like, 
Is okay, this is me? this real? <laughs> yeah. yeah, is this real? Is this really going to happen? Right. So, you know, when you have some children go to that extreme where when you have had it on a platter, you cannot appreciate the struggle because everything was given to you. Now, is that a lack in parenting? It can be in some degree because guess what? If your parents were truthful, nothing in this world do not owe you anything. Right. But you owe the world everything. Right. And if we do not get ourselves in a line of understanding of how we treat one another mm -hmm. as well as how we treat ourselves and know that everything isn't rose-colored glasses, that you're living in a society where there is, you know, issues and problems. Mm -hmm. You know, just, I can even say, even when I first got married, yeah, I came from the two-parent household. My grandparents were two-parent household. It was all hunky-dory, lived in the suburbs, the whole shebang. Got married and wound up wearing a man that had dysfunctional family issues. Mm -hmm. I was not prepared for that. But I had to learn how to deal with it yeah. because he had issues. So now I'm coming from one side of the spectrum. He's coming from another situation that he didn't even want to acknowledge. So... And here, there you come. So now I have to make sure that I, I'm truthful and, and truthful with you and what our life is like. Mm -hmm. Not that the fact that you were denied anything because you still got everything you wanted, okay. you know. But had I not been that one to give you the balance to teach you, you got to earn this. Yeah, right. I wasn't willing to just give you anything. Right. You know, if you don't earn this, then you don't necessarily get it. Or we're going to have to figure out how you're going to do this. Right. So, but on the other end, my parents gave us everything, but... I wasn't that person. Right. I wasn't the gimme person. I wasn't the one that was always taking. I was more so giving than anything. Mm -hmm. You know, and I went out with a lot because I chose to, not because I had to. But it taught me other disciplines in life because when you get into the real world, it may not be the same. Right. I remember even uh, I had a friend whose parents were drug addicts and I'm like, I never experienced that. So I would always wonder why, you know, I could never come over to her house. Mm. And her, her mother was white, her father was black, abusive situation. And she I can never understand why she's always at my house. And lo and behold, that was the reason. And she lived down the block from my house. Oh, wow. She lived down the block from my house. So I had to go. Well, hey, she's like, well, you know, come meet me. I didn't know they really wasn't eating. She was the only child. I didn't know that, you know, her mom was like stoned all the time. Wow. You know, so until her mother come, came up to the school and they, we're talking elementary. Mm. You know, we're talking sixth grade. It's like, what's going on? So when she grew up, she grew up with certain hates towards certain things, mm -hmm. a, a deep-seated rebellion against certain things. Um, so, again, we can have this conversation. At the end of the day, you be, you can become angry. You can, if you don't challenge, challenge, channel it the proper way that you know that you are still worth someone mm -hmm. and something to yourself. You owe yourself to fulfill your goal. Right. But now if it just means that someone else comes into your life as a mentor to teach you, to guide you, to give you wisdom and understanding. I don't care if it's your college counselor or your mom's, you know, your best friend's mom. Somebody mm -hmm. has to be able to speak into your life to help you change your narrative. Because mm -hmm. if not, yeah, you can get into a deep-seated depression and wind up hating everything. Right. And that's what you don't want because then what why are we breeding more angry people? Yeah.
That's true. I tell you now, you're about to graduate too. I'm pushing and praying that you were going to get this internship this summer. Right. You know, so I'm like, but okay, Lord, what if? Is there a lesson in this? And I can only say that because of my my belief in God, my relationship with God. So the day that you called and said, you got it, you don't understand what I was doing when you were not watching what I was asking God to do because I know where we are even right now mm -hmm. and the things that we're just going through right now. So it was a blessing, but now you can't be arrogant about it either. Right. You know, you have to figure out, okay, now when you go back to school, we already know what the plan is. So we're always talking about the plan. You have to stick to this plan. Mm -hmm. And if you don't stick to the plan, then failure is only because you chose it, not because we did it or because we were unplanned. And in life, you must, you have to have a plan. The Bible says, write the vision and make it plain. So, you know, and if you don't write something down, if you don't speak that into existence, if you're not following a pathway of, of being able to do your vision, what is your vision? What is your goal in your life that you want to do? Put it on a message board. Put it on, a, you know, a board somewhere where you can see a it journal. every day. You could journal it. Yeah. Make your confessions. I set my confessions on my phone like an appointment that I do when I handle business. Mm -hmm. Every day. So yeah. 9, 12, 3, and 6, 9, all day, I'm confessing whatever it is I need to manifest in my life. Mm. So I need to start doing that. So this helps me when I do watch God do things. Right helps me to say, oh, it does work. It is happening. And I'm not derailed. I'm not detoured. I'm not distracted. Right. It keeps you with a focus. Right. So, you know, a lot of people just don't understand it. They've never been learned, taught that. And I can understand why. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. But let's try to change and do something different. Right. You talked about change. Changing people's thoughts. Mm -hmm. Some people think that they deserve things right off the bat mm -hmm. and they don't know spit about anything. Absolutely. Including myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, As much as I talk, I wonder if you listen some days. Uh, okay. Uh, so mm -hmm. how do we change people's thoughts about being patient and timing? So there was a there was another um, post that I said from Shan um, which is at gifted underscore blessing. Um, it is real. You feel like you still not. It feels okay. It feels like you're still not where you're supposed to. You're supposed or want to be. But when you come to the realization that it's not your timing, but God's timing, it is a different type of peace that comes over you. So what? How? Because my generation is just like, gimme, gimme, gimme. I All want, I the want, day I long. Absolutely. Um, I. People just feel like they need to be successful at mm -hmm. 12 years old. Because you have created a society that believes that it's fast and quick. Right. And there is no discipline in the process. Mm -hmm. There is a process for everything. everything. There's a process when you get pregnant. There's a process when you die. Right. There's a process while you're living. Mm -hmm. But we have... Falling into this mental trap of we don't have to go through any processes because it's just going to happen quick overnight. Right. Not at all. Right. Not at all. So if you're not even willing to go to the process, then you're not going to have anything. So like I know for us, we say like you got to fall in love with the grind, with the hustle. Mm -hmm. I mean, it because it is in some instances, in some people's instances, like I know for me with because I I know that I want to be success, successful with of this course. podcast. Mm -hmm. I know I want this to so grow your disciplines, and blossom. Yes. Right. And, but you have to have disciplines mm -hmm. in order to make that happen. 
you have to have structure to make that happen. Mm -hmm. You have to have organization to make that happen. You do have to be doing it consistently. So when you're finding out that you're not being consistent to your own vision, then you can't complain if it doesn't happen. Because the the Bible clearly says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I have towards you, saith God, plans for good, not of evil. So, and the last part of it, to have a successful end. So God's plan is already established. We are just catching up Mm. to what was already manifested when he created the world. Right. So now if we don't follow what our plan is, then how are you supposed to get anywhere? Mm-hmm. The Bible also says without a vision, the people perish. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a vision of something, you are aimlessly wandering right. around trying to figure it out. In darkness. And mm-hmm. complete until you're shooting in the dark and now nothing will ever happen. Because mm-hmm. there is no structure, there's no plan, there's no strategy, there's no lines of discipline that you have created for yourself to be able to do that. Millionaires will never tell you how many times they failed. They'll only tell you how many times they succeeded. Right. And that's false. You've had to have one to many failures before you get to a successful portion. Very true. So now, why are we blinded to these processes? Mm -hmm. Why are we blinded to that? Because we want to be. We want to be in complete denial and just gimme, 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 gimme. Yeah. Sometimes you, I mean, it's, it's, it, you need to get your hands dirty in, in, mm-hmm. in, in for, you know, things to work. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we just have to, but people just are so impatient now. It's just like, because the world, we've created that world like that. We've done that. So we are at fault. So we need to forgive ourselves for falling <laughs> into this mental trap of, I want everything quick and in a hurry. Technology is good, but it's also been a very crippling deficit to this generation and to the generation before. Because now we can, I was saying something the other day. I said, well, my goodness, when my phone crashed, I said, I was so mad that I didn't even have a telephone book anymore. Mm. Like mm. what happened to the days of the telephone book? When <laughs> we wrote things down and we can go back and say, okay, well, let me just, you know, I remember like my great aunt's uh, yeah. book where everybody's yeah, phone everybody's yeah. phone because you just never know. I'm <laughs> right. like, dang, I want me a telephone book now because yeah. I lost 5,000 contacts in my phone. Yeah, no. You know how long it took me to build all that up? Wow. Now I'm only like 500. Wow. So now I, I, I you know, so it's, we, we have made some things extinct when they shouldn't have been. And we've caused ourselves to fall in error in other ways that we should not. And until we actually group ourselves together and get it together and learn how to use these tools in a positive manner for your success, you will not succeed. And it's an unfortunate situation because now the next generation is resting on you all. Yeah. That's sad and scary at the same time. That was another thing. Because too. this generation has really never, per se, created anything. Yeah. Because you never worked that hard to create it. Right. Right. You're right. I'm not disagreeing. I'm... You, so you have to work to create something because then you will appreciate what you created. You will appreciate the time you put in to see it develop. Uh-huh. You know, you don't get pregnant today and then birth tomorrow. Right. It takes nine months and some. Literally. And agony and pain. Right. We don't want to cry in this generation. We don't want to birth in this generation. Mm. We don't want to press in this generation. 
We don't want to push in this generation. Right. We don't want to go through battles and scars and, you know, what have you. Everything we just want just given to us or handed over to us or it's all hunky-dory. And then when it doesn't happen, again, when it does not happen, you 40 years old still trying to be a rapper. Like, I want you to stop. Right. Won't you? I need you to go get a 9 to 5. I mean, just think about it. Um, homegirl. 57 jobs in her field yes. and got yes. no from each one. And she's probably could be top of her class, could be the best thing ever. Right. Whatever, it, whatever her positives are, right. for some reason, it's not being seen. And so these 57 have now, if she were that person to just let it go and drop, right. she'd say it, Buffalo Wild Wings. Right. But here's the crazy thing, though. You have to keep going. You have to keep going. And you can never stop. Whenever there's a no, there's like Always, a bigger yes. Absolutely. Like I can and say, it could be God is blocking those for some other reason. Right. Right. So I could say for me, before getting this internship, uh, which I thank God for literally every single day, I had applied to NBC, CBS, um, a few radio stations down back in mm-hmm. Virginia, um, and ABC. Mm-hmm. With ABC... I was going to try and work with The View mm-hmm. and, like, literally be with Whoopi mm-hmm. Goldberg and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, so, now, let me ask you this question. Were you mm-hmm. more excited about getting close to Whoopi Goldberg, listen, listen mm-hmm. to this scenario, than you were the fact of what are you bringing to this job right. for your destiny? I could say... I because could say, blinded, that can blind. Right. I could say both. Okay. Like, but more so on the side that I know from coming from my background is is very peculiar. Mm-hmm. You know what I what I could bring to the table because mm-hmm. I'm I'm not an ordinary person like I I I'm I'm just not an ordinary person. Mm-hmm. So I was focused more on that, but it also was in the back of my head like, oh snap! Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna see Whoopi. Mm-hmm. Like this is sister act, mm-hmm. you know. But I didn't. That was never the main focus. But though. some people's focus is wrong. The the reason why they want to get the it yeah is wrong. Right, and I'm I'm. I wouldn't want to be the one just to say like, oh yeah, I was working with Whoopi. No, I wanted. I would rather be the one to say like, I helped create something with my genius, right? And they're giving me a full time position right. in the future, right? That was more so my thought pattern. But it, when it came down to it, and I got through two like, like levels of interviews. Like there was two interviews, and then after that, they they were gonna make the decision, and I came in the top three, but. I wasn't number one. Right. So I I was kind of upset, but I was just like, all right, that's a no. So it's a bigger yes. Mm-hmm. So then with ABC still getting declines from NBC, CBS, and whatever like that, when I get in the internship I have now, it was just so out the blue, and I didn't even think I got it because how can you get a yes from a six-minute interview? Right. Like, you don't know somebody in six minutes. You don't know what type of work that they um they produce in six minutes. Mm-hmm. Somehow, some way, got the six minute interview on Friday, then that following Monday, yeah, we we're giving this to you. And right. this is a prestigious internship that hundreds and hundreds of people want to, you know, be a part of because you're being involved with the person who basically created public relations. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, it's the third world's largest PR agency. Mm-hmm. And it's just so crazy that the things that you think are for you, they're not. Exactly. The Bible says this, um, Proverbs eighteen sixteen. 
um, your gift will make room. For, your gift will will make room for you and put you before great men. Mm-hmm. So now let's identify your gift because if your motive behind it is wrong, you will never get to that next place. Mm-hmm. You, your motives have got to be pure. So if it's to get the notoriety, you are becoming self-serving already before you can even walk in the door. And when people interview you, I have a friend who, truthfully, she went from being a prostitute to a dean of a college. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. She went from being a prostitute to a dean of a college. So I have learned so much from her. So much from her. She's spoken at my conferences and stuff before or whatever. So just listen to her. An interviewer can tell what your intent is when they begin to interview you for a job. Mm-hmm. And if it's something that is not in line with the structure of this particular corporation, you're not going to get it. True. 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 So when I, you know, when I listen to her, I'm like, oh, you know, she doesn't like, listen. This is what this is what's going on in the marketplace. And she's right in New Jersey. Mm. She's one of deans in one of the colleges in New Jersey. That's crazy. Well-respected. The whole shebang. But if you heard her life story, you would have never believed she's married. Mm -hmm. The whole you will never believe that this person is this person. Wow. And she she had a process. And she (laughs) had a process. Exactly. She went from being a prostitute on the street to a wife, (laughs) children, and a dean of a university. So, you know, again, we don't, we don't, we miss these things. She does life coaching. I mean, there's so many things that she does. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've learned so much from her. Um, we're not teaching these things now for this generation. I mean, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and I'm like, kids, they can't even write a resume. They can't even write a letter. It's like, it's so sad. Yeah. Like, come on. These are the fundamental basics. And when you get out, life is going to shock some it's this going generation. to kick you in your chest so Unfortunately, hard, but I pray that this that it episode yeah. that you hear <laughs> that what we're talking about but and take serious, up. serious inter uh, let me see interpersonal perspective on what and who you're what you're doing in your life. Right. Because you don't have to be depressed. And depressed, even though it's a strong word, there are some that would. Because they're going to give up. Because why? They still have to now go back to their local home, their local community, mm-hmm. deal with the same people that they was dealing with before. And now you, who you became that local celebrity who was the first one to get out the hood. Mm-hmm. You know, now you got to go back and say, I don't even have a job. Right. Right. Spe- and not even a possibility of one. Speaking about jobs, this would be like the last, the last um, tweet before you know we mm-hmm. close it and stuff. So some, so some guy said. Um, Oh, he goes to my school. He said, notice only the people whose major doesn't guarantee them a good paying job are post-depressed. I don't know why. What type? I understand what you're saying. Because like you're you're, you're not, what your communications field is not a quote unquote prestigious. Yeah, right. You know, whatever. You you know, you're not going to be magna cum laude, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, Which, which to me, I guess is good and dandy personally, but I think from from me, from my opinion, I think it's just more so on the experience that you get because my communications is more so hands on right. with people right. and stuff like but that. Again, you, but again, again, what is your focus and what are you gonna what is, what is your focus to doing or to getting into a field that you want to get into? Right. You know, are we looking at even if I go into being a communications major and being that is so broad? Yeah. 
how many times did I tell you, Ezra, you can go into archaeology, yeah. put a, a history back up in history. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, or you can go into um, um, community service. You can go into the private sector. So we no longer are we looking at jobs that are versatile enough that we can take all of our skill set and put it in another arena. Mm-hmm. We're just so focused on I'm just going to be this one thing and that's it. Biochemistry is a wide range right. of a lot of things. So you don't have to settle. Even if you're a biochemistry is your major and you're taking a minor in accounting, there's still numbers all the way around. There could be a teaching element. There can be so many things that have not even considered when right. you're going to college or when you get out. What I, Everybody just looks like, I'm just going to get a job. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's great. Just over broke. Wonderful. Because right. that's what it stands for. Wonderful. So I never hear students say, well, when I get out, I want to start my own business so I can be this. Yeah. All right. You don't hear college students say that. They would still have this mindset, I want to work for somebody else. Some, not all. No, I said some. Yeah, because I'm... Some. I have many and some, friends some that, that... I said some. No, no, but I know, like, the... The circle of people that I'm, mm-hmm. you know, very right. cool with, like they. So now let's take your degree, mm-hmm. continue with your your process with your corporation, yeah. and grow it to being something else, yeah. and bigger and better. But and then, but what I'm saying is, typically the tunnel vision is, I'm just gonna go in this field and this is what I'm gonna do. I have a friend who started off, whose whose son started off in medical school. Mm-hmm. He's a history teacher. Oh wow. Because he was like, after he was about to go and get his internship, he was like, I don't even want to do this anymore. Like, I hate medical school. So he dropped out and he started teaching. He's like the happiest kid. His, and now he got married and his, he's following his wife because I think she went, went to medical school. Mm-hmm. He's following her career, if you will, in support of because anywhere he goes, there will always be a teaching position. That's true. And I always said to you. You make sure whatever you do that you're never without somewhere to go right. to work, right. whether it be for yourself or for someone else, whatever your options are. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you said happiness. So back to the tweet. So the, he said, notice all the people whose majors doesn't guarantee them a good paying job are post depressed. Uh, the girl must love rail. Um, she said that's not true at all. Not having a good paying job is not the only risk factor. The saying, in quotes, money doesn't buy happiness is true. Mm -hmm. You can get a good paying job and still have post-grad depression. Mm -hmm. Some people want more in life than just a good paying job. That's true. And that's absolutely true. Who wants to pay bills for the rest of their life? You got like $300,000 worth of student loans, student debt. That's not happy. (laughs) Not at all. Not by far. You're getting your income tax taken every year because you have student loan debt to pay back. Yeah. You know, you already starting out at a deficit when you graduate because now six months after you graduate, you got to pay your loans back. So now if you don't have a job, how is that going to be, how is that going to be paid? So now your credit is already bad. Yeah. So is it set to fail you? could be it's the system you know but again if we as parents are not looking at all of these variables and having these conversations you know we're gonna work it through together mm-hmm. you have my support i know that you're not a loafer i know that you have goals and success so how can i help you get to that point if i have to go send you to a small business administration you know because you want to start your own business and go somewhere to get some counseling and some help it is still i don't care even if you are 21 22 23 it still have someone in your life that can help you through the process 
Right. It's imperative. Like this young girl, she may not have the parents, and it's just her and her boyfriend. Yeah. And they they're pulling it together, which is awesome. But she at least she has some support somewhere. Yeah. You know, and at least every day she's working to do what she needs to do to make it meet. Doesn't say it's easy, but when she gets past this situation, it will be glorified. Mm-hmm. And then, too, on the other hand, you know what? Who wants to say I helped you get to where you are? Because you have those people too. Yeah. Whether it be family or friends. Don't forget this. Don't forget me when you get big. What you was not up writing papers. You wasn't sitting in my class. Your name is not on my degree. Song says you wasn't with me shooting in the gym. Okay, whatever it is. Right. Right. Whatever it is. You wasn't there. <laughs> you know, so, and again, so here we are taking on a privilege that don't even belong to us. Right. You know, so is that fair? No. Is that fair for her to now get her, you know, buy her mama a house, you know, or whatever, because it was always a lifelong dream. But really? No, you ain't. No, I'm not an advocate for that. All of it. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. I'm I mean, not. I would get you a house, but <laughs> I feel like some people, they just feel obligated. Exactly. But so now here you're going back again. Now we're, you're you're a child growing up, and your parents have made you feel obligated to take care of responsibility. I interviewed Saturday um, because I'm in a uh, production of a docuseries. Mm-hmm. I interviewed this gentleman who also was with the Central Park Five, and he said, I started gangbanging because my grandfather did it, my dad did it, then I started doing it. Mm-hmm. And he was doing it because he said, I watched my mother work so hard. There was time when my siblings had to eat because he was the oldest. Then I couldn't eat. So in order for me to eat, I had to go out and do what I had I to do. Still, yeah, well, whatever. Well, whatever he was doing. Wow. Okay, so that burden of the father not in the home because his father's locked up. Yeah. He's watching his mother sweat, blood, and tears to make sure that she can provide for her family. No one else is around to help. He said, we didn't have no other family but us. So street life became his life. And he said to me, it was a brotherhood and an acceptance that came into my life that I needed. Mm. So, and he did that and did 20 years. Mm. He's only 46 now. Wow. So he was sharing how when he was at Spofford, he was, I mean, full, you know, when we, when we finish with the series, it'll be just totally awesome. But it shed so much light on why we have come to the part where we are right now and is my desire to save these young people from the depression and from this false pretense of life when it does not work for you. Right. Life can work for you, but it also can work against you. Yeah. But if you're not prepared for either side of the coin, where are you going to be left? Right. So I guess what the things that we could learn from today or first of all knowing who, knowing yourself being patient mm-hmm. or learning to be patient mm-hmm. understanding that it's okay to be given a no because there is a bigger yes, yes. in your life absolutely um what other what other things i mean be be not just the fact of being comfortable with who you are, but you really take a self-inventory on why you want this. Right. Take really deep. Is it because you think it's going to give you prestige? Do you think it's going to give you notoriety? Finding your purpose. Exactly. Uh-huh. Um, so, but you can't find your purpose when it's muddled with the gray, with, with smoke and mirrors. And it's thrown at you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so again, building something. Because at the end of the day, you want a legacy. 
not just a temporary being famous. Mm-hmm. You want legacy because legacy will last you for generations. Well, fame will end. They'll put you up today and take you down in the next. So it's just like, would you rather take that 15 minutes of fame or that that everlasting? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. The everlasting legacy to say that your name has been made great. Right. Genesis. Abraham. Yes. I know my scriptures a little bit. <laughs> I want you to know your scriptures. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. And be placed yes. before great men. I know people that were, what have been, if you will, less than from what they said, mm-hmm. from where they come from. That have been before kings, sheiks, internationally. Yeah. And left this world with their name being great. Because when you hear their name, you know everything that they've ever done in the sense of you can feel that, my goodness, they were such a great individual. Yeah. That's what makes you fit. That's what makes you awesome. That's what makes you great. Wow. That what, that's what sets you apart than fame. Mm-hmm. Fame is temporary. It's materialistic. It's not a sure thing. Right. It's definitely not a sure thing. But legacy... And being great will always last for generations. Mm. Your family will eat off of that for generations. That's, that's true. That's true. So as we close, for those who are, if you will, battling this quote-unquote depression. Don't be depressed. Don't, don't be depressed. And also know that, first of all, Rome was not built overnight. It took it took a while, and it, their reign, their golden era, was like over two hundred years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. seriously, mm-hmm. so this is the building process. This yeah. is the time that you figure out who you truly are. What is your niche? What is your hustle? What is it? What attracts you? What what is something that just makes you happy? And regardless, it's going to make you great. Yeah. So here are the scriptures for those that want to read it. You have Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm-hmm. You have Deuteronomy 29. And you also have Proverbs chapter 18. Those are like my three books of the Bible that like I can rest my laurels on those. Because mm-hmm. those are guaranteed surefire covenants and promises that God made to his people. Um, and so... If you trust and believe, I'm telling you, it will turn out for your favor. But you definitely have to make sure that your motive is right. It's pure. So, as we close, stay pure, stay positive. Stay productive. Stay productive and just... Press on. A word and believe. (laughs) So, as we close, have a good one. See you next time. Peace.